Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Wet Radio Show brought to you by Calm Bog Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, author of Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Please visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and, of course, subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, Feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. 
Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver Hen Aprons at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. The Yard Bird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The one and a half horsepower motor and 20 inch stainless steel tub can handle two eight pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary, which makes it virtually maintenance free. For more information about how you can own this must-have chicken processing product, visit YardBirdChickenPluckers.com today. That's YardBirdChickenPluckers.com. Actually, in reality, I am Super Chicken. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky... You'll know it's Super Chicken. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Combop Feeds. Hope you're having a good week this week. Um, I am, and uh, we had a great holiday weekend. Hope you took a moment out of your day, whether you were spending it with family or friends or on the lake or wherever you were, and thought about why we, of course, had the opportunity to have a nice long weekend. Uh, Hopefully you do that and remembered what the weekend was actually uh, all about. And... uh, Another good weekend this weekend, celebrating uh, a birthday, and my uh, son's turning six tomorrow. We already did the birthday parties. We did kind of a combo party with my daughter, who turned four, and my son turned six, uh, just one time. Yeah, it's just, I think it's more thoughtful to do that, instead of, you know, if they're basically two months apart, instead of having to get friends and family, and they got to spend another Saturday afternoon out at a birthday party, and then they got to do it again in six weeks to four... Why not just have a combo party and make it a little bit more thoughtful maybe for your guests and friends to come once and celebrate both instead of having to, I don't know, do I dare say it, waste a Saturday afternoon for a kid's birthday party? I don't know. You know you're thinking it. You know. I'm saying it. You're thinking it. Come on. But, um, yeah, then, then then they come once and then, you know, when their kid has a birthday party, you feel obligated and you got to go because they came to yours. You know the drill. Let's just get it out on the table. <laughs> so at least we combined them. So they, you know, come one time and celebrate both instead of, oh, here's Lily's, but up oh, here's Kayla's. Didn't we just go over? So, uh, but anyway, it's going to be a fun weekend. We already did the party, so uh, uh, it'll just be kind of a little family thing here. Uh, Mom, Dad, Caleb, and Lily, and I'm not sure what we have in store tomorrow. I guess Mom's kind of in charge of that. So it'll be a great weekend. I hope you two also 
Have a good weekend. But we have got a great, great show lined up for you today. Uh, of course, we have poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McCray, Ph.D., and we're talking about trouble at both ends. And uh, she came up with that kind of a cute uh, title yesterday when we were we were yapping about today's show, trouble um, at both ends. So we'll talk a little bit about impacted crop slash sauerkraut. And we'll talk a little bit about prolapsed vent. These are things we haven't really touched on in a little while here on the radio show. And and these are some of the more maybe common questions we see on some of the forums that people have questions about. So I thought we could uh, kill two chickens with one stone, if you will, um, and get both of these going on. My uh, The Revised book, um, in fact, my co-author, Dr. McCray, uh, the revised uh, copy of the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens is now available pre-order on Amazon, new and improved, uh, newly revised, and uh, some information was taken out, some information was put in there, and you can uh, pre-order that on Amazon.com. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you can go ahead and pre-order Fact or Chicken Poop. And the official title is Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop. And so you can take a look at that on Amazon because I think it's also available for pre-order. And that won't be available, I think, till December. But um, I know the the revised edition of uh, the first book will be available in July. So uh, you can go ahead and pre-order both of those if you want to get your hands on those. And um, I really think the uh, Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop poop book is going to sell like gangbusters. Lots of people, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? When's it coming out? So uh, that's going to be a, uh, a good one. So without further ado, let's head over to the phone lines, and we will welcome our good friend, Dr. McCray, to this show so she can teach us all about trouble at both ends. Dr. McCray, thanks for joining us. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. So far, it's been a pretty good day, so um, we'll see what the rest of the day has in store. But um, hopefully I'm all sending rain second. your way. Uh, I know. I think it is supposed to be raining. Uh, oh, today? I haven't looked at the weather yet. Yeah, yeah. I just drove through it since heading your direction. <laughs> oh my gosh! I just had the best meeting with some kids in Lee County, Alabama. Um, they're learning how to do chick chain record books. We just put out a brand new chick chain record book, and. <clears throat> We went through it page by page, and we talked about scenarios and what to do if this, that, or the other happens. And these kids are so excited. Their chicks are about three weeks old, so, you know, some of them are fluttering out of their brooder boxes, and they've got good stories to tell. That's awesome. I I love that. And getting them started right with the right information is, I think, paramount. I think we do need to start them early. Um, and, and teach them how to look for the right information uh, instead of just relying on the blogs and forums once they get older. So I think you're doing a great service. And we talked about for... that. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them had started looking because the, the instinct is now, um, I'm doing something new. Let's see what else people are doing. And, you know, there's occasionally fun and interesting stuff out on different web pages. But, of course, being that it's 4-H, we have to convey the scientific information, and we're required to to only provide good science-based information. So I had to do a couple of corrective statements and 
make sure that they realize where the focus is and, you know, um, you know, making sure that they, they feed the right things at the right time. And they're like, I saw I could give my chickens all kinds of, of kitchen waste. And I'm like, hold up. <laughs> Let's give them a good start before you start playing around with that stuff. And, you know, it, it, when they have a goal in mind, such as the show and auction at the end, you know, like, you know, you don't want to cost yourself grand championship because your chicken was a little bit smaller than somebody else's because you fed mostly, you know, garden waste or something like that. And it puts them in a whole different perspective. And, you know, hopefully their, their chickens will be raised healthy. We hope so. <laughs> Definitely we hope so. So, um, yeah, so, I think that's good. They, they, I've seen that too. I, mean, I think at this stage they're yearning for that information, and like you said, you're um, cutting them off at the pass, which is which is really good. They'll hear that information, and especially with wanting to go to show and um, and then the auction. I think that's a great idea. So 4-H FFA, you gotta love it, and I'm so glad that you're starting them out on the right right path. So that's awesome. And simply because there's a poultry science department in this state. It's great. They have all these resources available to them, like the virtual chicken and um, any activities that we do in the department. I guess they had a peep camp last year. So lots of fun, lots of fun to be had. Sweet. Cool beans. It wasn't so for they marshmallows. Look... <laughs> Hopefully they, <laughs> hopefully they'll be uh, the, uh, uh, podcast once it turns into a podcast after we do a live broadcast and and they can uh, um, enjoy this and hear us uh, and learn more about the flock. Yeah, um, a lot of them hadn't even heard of you and and they're like, really, what? So I pointed them to your to your radio show and I pointed them to your um, to your magazine. Uh, magazine and you know, not everybody who participates in. Chick chain can you know? It, it sometimes it's a struggle to scrape together enough money to to make it work. So it, the fact that you offer it digitally for free is great for some of these young people, especially because the information is all science based. Absolutely. Yep. And the uh, we don't anticipate the free digital edition going anywhere soon. So yeah, gobble up, gobble up. And every single article, every single issue is available there. So uh, yeah, gotta gotta love that. So um, cool. So trouble at both so ends. Which, uh, yeah, which end do you want to start with? Um, let's start with the crop. Let's start at the front end okay. and work our way down back in, kind of a, in the <laughs> order of things way. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, and talk about the uh, impacted crop. Well, we've covered all this in various and sundry um, previous shows, but it's nice to do a refresher from time to time. So, I'm going to be talking about pendulous crop, impacted crop, and sour crop which are Great. three different things. I know you were lumping impacted crop and sour crop together, but um, I'm going to start with pendulous crop. You know, there's a um, birdie bra out to help with that. I'm sorry? There is a product out called the birdie bra, B-R-A, the, the short for brazier. Oh, you're kidding And it's, um, <laughs> you can, yes, and, and it's supposed to help with that. Give it some support. Ah. Well, pendulous crop <clears throat> is not as common as, say, impacted crop or sour crop. But mm-hmm. 
it it can affect it can actually affect any bird species because any bird species that has a crop um, because of where it's located outside the actual um, ventral cavity of the bird um, where the the lungs and the the gizzard and the intestines are located people are used to feeling this hard lump along the neck right before um, the the breast area, and you know when you're when the crop works properly, the the chicken or any bird picks up its food source and it'll fill up the crop. Maybe drink some water, um, put that in the crop, and then slowly it filters down into the rest of the digestive tract. Mm-hmm. In some of the larger bird species, pendulous crop occurs more often than say the smaller bird species and that's just kind of an artifact of their size so pendulous crop initially became a real problem in the turkey industry and really because the turkey industry grew and grew and grew this was carefully examined because it kept you know to lose a significant portion of your flock to something that could be preventable, well, that's worthy of investigation. And and thankfully, the poultry industry, um, you know, took the time to look at this, and now we understand pendulous crop a little better, and therefore we can convey it to backyard flock owners like your listeners, Andy. So when I refer to pendulous crop, it's a crop that, that at some point was probably impacted crop. And an impacted crop is is one that's not um, emptying out very well. But if that happens repeatedly, the, the lining expands a little bit, and then stuff just even has a harder and harder and harder time emptying out just because of the nature of the angle that the the lower – part of the crop ends up being at um, those contents you know don't empty out and then that can lead to something like impacted crop uh, or even sour crop Um, but pendulous crop you know birds that get it once have a tendency to have it happen again and again and again may not be right away maybe later on in life but they have a propensity for it um, because a pendulous crop is one that's pretty weighty and the birds are just having difficulty. So people who, who go out there at night and, and feel their chickens crops after they've gone and sat on the roost and they know how big and normal that crop tends to be. And they should do that on a monthly basis so that they know what's normal for their birds. You know, what might be a bit much for uh, a bantam may be just fine for a large fowl. So you need to familiarize yourself with what's normal for your bird. And I haven't seen this bra, but it probably lifts up the crop to such a level that it is easier for the bird to empty those contents on a daily basis or on a regular basis. Uh, so that uh, it, so that you don't have to call the bird, um, and that maybe their quality of life has improved. So it sounds like somebody out there did their homework, um, chose to really understand the nature of the problem, and 
was able to find an innovative solution to it. Um, yeah. Kudos to them. Uh, I don't know how many they sell and, or what sizes they offer, but pendulous crop can happen in any bird that has a crop. So even even a parrot um, on down to even sometimes waterfowl, definitely turkeys. Turkeys live that eat-and-run lifestyle. They'll fill their, their crop with grains or feed and, you know, depending on their nature or what the day is like, they may or may not, um, you know, have stress that causes them to um, have to run or or causes them to halt emptying out that crop for some reason. Or it could just be an artifact of the design of their particular body. So pendulous crop, um, some people say you can massage the crop and try to help empty some of those contents into the, the lower part of the digestive system. Um, other people would rather go see a veterinarian and those who are qualified to work on such things. Um, if that's cost prohibitive to you um, and you don't want to deal with it, that might be the bird that you process for the day. Um, and knowing full well that that bird is prone to that dysfunction again in the future, that may not be some genetics that you want propagated in your flock if you're doing a breeding program. So these are all the decisions that we have to make as, as poultry and livestock owners. So you may have a wonderful animal that you've worked really hard to raise or breed and then something like this happens and it just ruins your day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how how do you get um crops that that don't function well? Um so like I said in the beginning, Andy, yeah. an impacted crop can lead to pendulous crop. So how do you what do you think can impact a crop? Um the you know, one of the things early on that I learned um, that uh, I think a lot of us uh, back when we began and even beginners today, um, for example, will mow the grass, mow, mow the backyard, and then, uh, hey, we'll let the chickens out and let them eat some of these uh, grass clippings. And um, it, if you notice, and I've, I've spent some time observing this in my own backyard, when you're, you just let your chickens out and you haven't mowed and, and, they, and they eat the grass, they seem to grab the grass with their beak, twist their head, and just and it's basically um, tear off a tiny little piece of the top part of the grass and eat that uh, as they're just kind of scratching around the backyard. Whereas after I mow, and depending on how high the grass is when I mow, I could have pieces of grass up under my mower that are now just laying on top of the grass, uh, the, the, the bed of the grass, that may be two or three inches long. And they will go out and they'll grab some of those or people will just pick some of those up and they'll hand the chicken a piece of grass that's uh, a blade of grass that's two or three inches long and they eat that. And um, Sometimes longer. I know, and sometimes longer. And so I know that that, some, in fact, some that we've seen, you know, uh, scientists in the, the lab have gone in and they have these long, super long blades of, blades of grass. So, uh, you know, that that basically stopped me from, you, know, you can't even, you know, they're in a perfect world, you can't. 
watch them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They may do long, great blade of grass, but again, like I've always said about other things, to encourage that behavior may not be the right thing to do. So, so I think long blades of grass after you mow and then allowing them to come out and encourage them to eat all that, I think that, that can be done. Or maybe uh, checking around the poop and run in your, your yard to see if there's anything that they may be able to get a hold of that may not be conducive to, you know, size yeah. and, and what. We've heard of that, that I and mean, we know biosecurity, this is a no-no, but we've also seen and heard from other uh, expert guests. Oh, my gosh, I just saw uh, one of my chickens eat a whole mouse. Okay, the whole mouse whole, and then now that, that, <laughs> we, that's been an issue before we've seen. So, um, yeah, so different things like that. What, what's around your yard you think they can get a hold of that may not digest well, that may not exit the crop very well, may be hard to digest, or just long blades of grass that are going to clump up in there, just like under your lawnmower. Turn your lawnmower over. And look at all the clumps of, of grass that are under there. Now you've got maybe that same type of clump of grass, long-bladed grass, in that crop that just cannot pass through. And if you if you look at lawnmowers, there's different kinds of mowing devices. If you're just um, weed whacking right around the coop, you're not mulching any of that. There will be longer and shorter pieces there. Um, not saying that you need to bend down and pick up all the long pieces. Uh, but you could take a look at a mulching lawnmower and, you know, see if you can get shorter pieces out of that. Um, not, I know that when you go buy a new lawnmower, you're not necessarily looking at it just for your chicken's sake. But it is something mm-hmm. to consider. And, and why is your grass getting so long that you have these long pieces for them to munch on um, is, is that grass too rank? When when we say that grass is getting too long for any one particular species to eat, then we call it rank grass, um, like sheep. Sheep don't like to eat um, anything that's, you know, about higher up than their head. And, and cattle don't like really long grass. And chickens like fresh, tender, small, young grass. Um, they don't really go for the tougher stuff, and if they do, they'll eat the tips. Just like you said, watch your chickens, and if they let you get close enough that you can actually watch how they're eating the grass, you'll see mm-hmm. that they're pretty selective. Um, they want the younger, tender, easier-to-digest portions. Uh, so with that being said, if you do get, you know, sometimes you have family member come over and they'll go get some really long piece of grass and they think it's funny because the chicken's, you know, nibbling at it and then they get, you know, a 12-inch blade of something. And, you know, you'll see a piece of grass hanging out of a chicken's beak and they're doing that swallowing motion and they're kind of going, help, <laughs> I can't get this down. So you catch that chicken. You pull that long piece out, and you're like, geez, chicken, where the heck did you get this gigantor piece of grass? And sometimes as soon as you get it out of there, another chicken wants to snatch it from you and, and try their <laughs> hand at it. <sighs> yeah. No, it doesn't matter that it was partially digested by somebody else. It's my turn. Let me have it. <laughs> or um, in some cases, They'll help each other. I've seen blades of grass sticking out of another chicken's beak, and each time another chicken comes up and tries to snatch it out of their beak because they see a little bit, that pulls a little bit more out. <laughs> and they're kind of helping each other. But that's 
kind of unusual. Uh, so just watch the size of grass that they're they're gaining access to, and keep that grass cut low. Of course, the spring grasses, when everything's new and coming up in the yard, is when they're going to get the most benefit from grasses. Um, since they can't digest grass very well, um, they don't have cellulase, so they can't break down cellulose, and we know that's what makes up the cell wall of grass and plants. Uh, so, you know, there are, there are advantages and disadvantages to having certain types of grass, and, and I know most of your listeners aren't going to plant just uh, a, a yard full of grasses, or some people don't even want to plant a, a flat just for their chickens. That's that's more work than they're willing to do. But you have to understand how the body benefit from what you're trying to offer them in the form of a, a, a well-entertained life, something that allows them to meet their behavioral needs. Remember, 60% of a chicken's day is spent fulfilling exploration behaviors. Um, so that's something that, that you have to, to consider. Another thing is is if they have something that they eat that they shouldn't be eating that actually physically blocks the digestive tract either right at the crop or even at the proventriculus, they might eat a nail or a screw or something that's oh, too long. All the time. We Go ahead. Them. Oh, my gosh. Some people, I'm, I was outside and, and my uh, pulled my hand and it grabbed my um, uh, uh, earring. Ate my earring. Oh. Or ate, ate. I've heard that before. But yeah, the styrofoam pellets that, that they insulate their coops <laughs> with. Uh, styrofoam, we've heard that. We've heard, yeah, uh, nickels, dimes, pennies, quarters. And I, I tell you, folks, if, if you call your local poultry diagnostic lab, a lot of times they'll have a jar in there of everything they've taken out of the chickens over the years. And you're right, yeah. nails, screws. All of that stuff, right? Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And like a three-inch screw is like, I don't know what would possess a chicken to say, I want to eat that, but they do, you know, and they will try to digest it, and they will end up poisoning themselves or physically blocking their digestive tract. Um, either way, you know, a bird that's got pendulous crop or or uh, an impacted crop is one that's going to drink a lot of water. Um, they may eat food. Uh, they may not. Eventually, you're going to see that their crop is full, and it feels full, but they're losing weight because they're starving to death. They're They're eating food, and you may even detect an odor from their mouth, something that smells like fermentation because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's like a big fermentation vat in there. And they've got all kinds of, of feed and water, um, maybe some grass in there and whatever is blocking that that entrance, um, all in combination with that nice high body temperature of a chicken. That's a great growth environment for all kinds of organisms, from bacteria to fungi, and so and sometimes yeast. So you've got this um, this smell that starts to come from their beak, and you may even occasionally see them stretching their necks out and making a swallowing motion. 
they may go lay yep. down a lot more. So it, it behooves you to go out and watch your chickens and watch their behavior and see if anybody's acting out of their normal routine, out of their normal uh, set of behaviors. And um, what to do if you have a, a in, impacted crop. Uh, what most veterinarians will do is, is they will x-ray the bird first and foremost and see if there's anything that they've eaten that is physically blocking. And uh, if they see that, that's where they will go in and try to remove the uh, offending object. And that is if the animal is healthy enough to be able to survive such uh, an activity. If you wait too long, um, you know, if you start to really feel them, you know, they, they can't hold themselves up, that's really too late. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's that's where you should go through your yard and remove all that stuff that they can get their little beaks wrapped around and, and get it out of there. Occasionally, especially if you've been working on the coop, afterwards, take a big magnet on a rope and just drag it around wherever it was you were working and make sure you get up all those little bits of metal that you may have been using that they could, you know, whether it's a, a or a, a nail, um, get it up and get it out of there. And then um, if, if it can be physically removed, great. Um, the vet may already go in and just empty out the crop for you and stitch it back up. Uh, unfortunately, that surgery, um, you've got to clean the affected area and stitch it up when all is done. Um, inside, you'll probably use some dissolvable stitches and let the, the body heal. Put that bird in quarantine for several weeks until they are all back to normal. Um, if stitches have to go back, you'll have. If stitches have to come out, you'll have to go back to the veterinarian. Um, and they don't make uh, chicken collars to keep them from pecking at themselves, so um, that may be a, an instance where you could get away. Technically, Andy, with one of those chicken sweaters, it's like a reverse e collar for a dog. <laughs> So there's there's one justification is to keep them from pecking at stitches wherever they've been um, had surgery or something like that. And you know, there's if you if you just have an impacted crop, nothing blocking it, um, veterinarians can go in from the outside right and make a tiny little you know slit in there and start pulling out the offending. Uh, food items. Uh, if it's grass, then they'll just you you know use a pair of tweezers and pull all that out. And it's not it's not pleasant smelling. Um, it's not for everybody, but you know it's it's just getting it out of there. Um, the birds don't necessarily need to have you know, general anesthesia for this to work, but local anesthesia may be warranted. Um, it is a two-man job. Um, so once everything's out of there, uh, then you can, you know, stitch things back up, and um, they should be able to be good to go back on on fluids. Um, and it ideally, uh, they'll 
it'll resolve itself and maybe the crop will, if you just keep them on fluids, the crop will go back down in size and um, you may have to have them close supervision at the veterinarian's office. Depends on the situation. Um, other things that can happen that create an impacted crop is if, if peristalsis stops. Now peristalsis is what we have, it's what all animals have, it's that normal gastrointestinal tract, regular movement, and it occurs in waves starting right in your throat after you swallow something, and it, it moves um, generally flowing all the way towards um, and all the way through your entire digestive tract. It pushes food, to, food down all the way until your um, rectum, and then that's where things sit and wait until it's time for defecation. But that, if that particular um, autonomic uh, system and autonomic is something that's controlled by the nervous system. Um, it's a, not voluntary movement; movement, it's automatic movement that we don't even think about, like the beating of our our, our heart. And some parts are are autonomic, and definitely our digestive tract is autonomic. So if for, if something should happen that affects, and since we're talking about the neuro uh, muscular, the well, basically, uh, nervous system. What virus do we know of, Andy, that can go after the nervous system in chicken? Do you remember? Merrick. Merrick. Very good. Yep. So if your if your chicken is being severely affected by Merrick's, either because it got a really large dose, or you didn't use, um, you didn't get them vaccinated at the hatchery. Um, this is where it can affect the digestive tract. So, you know, once the nervous system, which controls those muscles, stops working and firing properly, then that can stop those contractions and the food does, doesn't go anywhere. And that, you know, it sometimes that happens in humans. These things do occur. They're pretty rare, thankfully. Um but Merrick's is, like we said, ubiquitous. It's everywhere, and it affects chickens everywhere. So that's one way it could affect your flock. And there's really no solution for that. That's when you would choose to put a bird down if they've got Merrick's disease. So, And that's where the, the um, specialization of a poultry veterinarian comes into play. It's probably not something you're going to be able to tell from the outside as to whether or not what's causing that um, so you don't you don't really want to just dig right into a, a crop that's got problems. You know you want to make sure your efforts are targeted. Um, if you're going to go oh, in on, there learn, and come on, you can learn all that on YouTube. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what's causing the blockage? Is it worth your efforts? Is the bird going to die anyhow? Do they live a long life after that? You know, these are all things that are going to be floating through someone's mind when they reach this situation, if they should ever reach this situation. And that's where, you know, a veterinarian can take an x-ray and say, yep, physical blockage, or they can listen to the bird's um, gastrointestinal uh, sounds, and if that has stopped, you know, they're going to know what 
good and normal sounds like. And um, if there's other other tests that they need to do to see what's going on, they can. They have access to those tests. And then you'll get an idea of whether or not that's a situation that you want to pursue the bird's overall health or, or if it's time for them to have a peaceful passing. So one of the last things before you get a commercial break, Andy, is uh, sauerkraut. Um, Sauerkraut is really a yeast infection. Um, It uh, takes advantage of the warm, moist environments that are in our bodies. Um, They are very uh, opportunistic organisms. They're single-celled, but... Sometimes you'll hear about um, lesions inside a, a chicken's mouth on their tongue or on the wall of their their mouth, and um, sometimes that's thrush or um, histomoniasis. But that can also lead to a proliferation of yeast inside the crop, and usually it's candida. That's something that a lot of people have heard of if they've ever heard of a um, uh, a fungal infection, um, and you know they may continue eating or drinking, but you know eventually they're going to stop. They're going to kind of look all hunched and dull. They'll have bad breath, but there'll be a lot of fluid in that crop. So you know they'll. That's where some of the testing will come in. Maybe a sample of the material from the from the crop will be taken, or sometimes it's just obvious. You can see lesions in the mouth, and if you actually see lesions in the mouth, you might have a combination problem. I mean, it could be a combination of of wet pox and and a uh, a fungus that is trying to take advantage of that weakened immune system. And it's attacking anything that it can attack, including the mouth lining or the tongue lining. And so they look like, I hate to use a food term, but big cheesy lesions <laughs> inside the mouth. Um, why is it always that lesions have food names? That's what we think of when we look at them. Um, so, you know, you might have to drain the crop again, but it's not a good situation um, you know, it's not recommended by any means to empty the crop by flipping the bird upside down and trying to push the contents out the shorter pipe, which is the esophagus. Because depending on what's causing the problem, you might cause your bird to aspirate and choke. Um Chickens don't have stomachs and digestive tracts like ours. They cannot throw up. Occasionally, you'll see a chicken with fluid running out of its its beak and mouth. It's not that they're throwing up. It's just they don't have the muscle control and movements to keep that from happening if you've got them flipped upside down. And whenever you know kids are working with birds and the birds flip upside down and a little something comes out of the beak, they're like always going, "Ew, your chicken threw up on you." just something to tease each other about but don't really don't flip them upside down and and cause them to try to like regurgitate Um, you're risking choking the bird 
And so if you can work with a veterinarian and have um, that crop washed out and cleaned out, drained, that's the best thing that you can do um, for your bird if it's suffering from sour crop. And sometimes, like I said, they'll take that sample and culture it and see if it's the offending organisms that we talked about. So just something for you to consider. Um, as I've said time and again, veterinary medicine for chickens is very expensive. So think carefully about this poultry venture of yours before you invest in it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, but if these are your pets, consider livestock, then you better be willing to pay what you need to pay to make sure they're healthy. And home surgery isn't really an option for most people. And just wantonly opening up a crop uh, just to, to drain it isn't a great idea unless you've got the tools and skills that are necessary for targeted treatment and repair of the um, the flesh that you've now breached. Um, that's a defense system. And, of course, the animal will need support therapy after it's been stressed like that. And having a plan there with your veterinarian uh, is, well, that's what you're paying them for. So that you can take the stress off yourself and, and know that you've done everything you possibly could with the aid of a professional. So there you go. Um, when we come back from your commercial, Andy, let's talk about dangers at the other end. Sounds like a plan. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the sweeter heater. The sweeter heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the sweeter heater. Purchase the sweeter heater online at sweeterheater.com. That's sweeterheater.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. 
That's gqfradio.com. Come back. Come back. Come back. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. How would you like a punch in the beak? All right. Thanks for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. Our special guest today is Dr. Bridget McRae. And uh, let me just tell you, uh, the last commercial we ran was Ideal Poultry, and uh, they just sent out, actually, during the show, uh, their specials for uh, June 7th. Uh, I guess that's next week. Um, hatch specials. Looks like they've got um, under their uh, uh, surprise special: assorted heavy, assorted light, assorted chicks. Uh, straight run, a dollar five. That's that's next week. A um, dollar five each. Bullets are a dollar sixty-five each. And then uh, let's see. Those can include. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Uh, Ideal 236, which I think is a slow-growing meat bird, I believe. Uh, the Black Sex Link, Production Reds, Rhode Island Reds, New Hampshire Reds, Bard Rock, Buffalo Pen, and Maricot, tons of them. Um, it looks like those are $1.15 each. Uh, Cuckoo Morans, Black Giants, White Rocks, yeah. Um, straight Runs, $1.15, and Pulitzer, $1.75. Let's see if they got Yeah, Bantams are buck twenty-five. straight run. Straight Run, Bantams, Hatchery Choice, buck twenty-five. Um, I guess, uh, ducks. Here we go. They always have some specials on ducks. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, hatchery choice ducks, straight run, three dollars and ten cents each, and uh, select specific breeds. Um, and straight run is three dollars and twenty-five cents each. And um, and for a full description of those uh, specials next week with Ideal Poultry, you can visit their website www.idealpoultry.com. So I wanted to share that with you. Just came across uh, the email. Uh, while I was uh, on break, so I wanted to share that with you. Let me get back over here to the switchboard, and uh, we'll bring back Dr. McRae, and uh, for the last portion of the show, we'll be talking about issues at the other end. Um, Dr. McRae. Get relaxed, vent. You can end up with egg-bound birds, and you can end up with just general diarrhea in your birds, so I was going to cover all three of those. Um, But the one that this time of year I think people should pay attention to Depending on when you got your chicks, they may be close to laying. And depending on how you've raised them, you may experience vent prolapse. One of the reasons why I recommend providing heat without light is because you can have an incidence of vent prolapse um, 
birds that are asked to grow before their bodies and lay before their bodies are ready um, will try to create an egg and it ends up being far too large for their bodies. So in the commercial poultry industry, we've had all this figured out. And so there's lighting schedules and lighting regimes. And backyard flock owners don't necessarily understand lighting regimes and, and how that works and long days and, and all that. And that's a separate talk for a different day. But vent prolapse occurs when the female reproductive tract has responded to long days, days of light that are closer to 14 hours. Um, so summer days, like we have this time of year. We're almost at the summer solstice already. So bodies, um, depending on how old they are, those, those female reproductive tracts have outstripped the growth of the actual body, the framework itself and it will start to produce an egg before the body is mature enough to handle that. This is a problem because eventually that hen's going to try to push that egg out and the body is physically too small and too immature to handle that. Doesn't mean that the hen isn't going to try to push that egg out and if her body's not ready for it, if it's immature, then she might actually push so hard that she'll evert her oviduct or potentially tear the oviduct in the process. If she pushes her oviduct out, she's prone to it time and again. This is a bird that you will want to separate if you spot this. You want to separate her, put her in your isolation ward and and your your health um, section of your, your arrangement at home and you're going to have to spend some time on this. Um, I would recommend getting her to a veterinarian just because they can, they know what sutures to use and they'll clean everything up. Um, But some people will um, first wash off the affected area and with uh, a clean hand push the oviduct back in. Probably within a few hours, it's going to be pushed back out because if her body was not mature enough, those muscles are stressed beyond their normal limits. And the bird's not going to have the muscle tone to just treat it like normal. There's there's damage there. You definitely want that bird away from the rest of your chickens because it can lead to a pick out. A pick-out is a type of cannibalism that results from chickens seeing that that um, reddish affected area that's shiny and moist looking, and chickens like to peck at red objects. That's why most of the feeders and waters are red in color. And so that's an attractive color to a chicken, and they may start picking at that, and a bird that has its oviduct hanging out, has no recourse but to try to run away. Well, something that's red and shiny and running away is even more attractive, and that can lead to an episode of cannibalism. Um, If you catch this problem, separate that bird. 
if there's damage from picking, um, you know, get her to a veterinarian, and that problem on top of the prolapse can be addressed. Um, something like a purse string suture is what would work best in this instance. Again, knowing that um, you've got a problem, that chicken's probably going to try to form another egg very quickly, and you've got a purse string suture there. And um, again, there's no guarantee that that suture is going to work. Um, I've had this problem in sheep when I was in 4-H. Um, it, it can happen if you dock lambs too short or if, if ewes have difficulty um, when they were giving birth. It happens. It happens in dogs. It happens in cats. So it it happens. So there are ways and and prescribed ways of of solving this problem. Uh, if that body is just physically too small, they may become egg bound, um, and you don't want an egg to to break inside the body. That's just not going to be a good scenario for the bird. So. Light your birds carefully. If you need to provide heat when they're really young, um, maybe for the first six weeks or so, a light would work, but don't keep a light on them all the time. Uh, you want short days until maybe about a month or so before they should start laying. So you can step up to the longer days, uh, and that's called a step-up lighting regimen. Uh, and depending on the time of year, like if you're getting chicks now, the way that the days are going to stay long are, are great. They're also hot days. That's to your advantage. But the days are going to get shorter as the year progresses. About the time that they're going to start laying, they're going to be on short days. But depending on what strain you get, they may like, like gangbusters anyhow at least through their first winter, but the year after that, maybe not so much. But a step-up lighting program is one where you just every 15 minutes, you add 15 minutes to the lighting regimen every week or so until they're on long days, and that gradual increase in light while you're feeding them a balanced diet can help. Another time that you can get a prolapse is if a bird is obese. If you've been given a scratch grain, they're probably just too large to to handle this process well, and feeding them a balanced diet is key. Um, so those are a couple things that can affect, affect um, egg mining and vent prolapse. Diarrhea is really dietary, or it could be an infection that they have. Uh, if they've got a bug uh, that's affecting them, um, some chickens just tend to have a lot of feathers that catch the manure from their daily defecations. And unfortunately, if you've got one of those chickens, uh, they may end up with flies that visit them, and then you'll have uh, maybe fly strike or something like that that you have to deal with. So that might be the chicken that you wash on a monthly basis or more often as needed. Um, the plus side of that is that you'll get really good at washing your chickens. <laughs> um, and you'll find the most quickest and efficient and best way to get it done on a regular basis because you love your birds. Um, the downside is you're dealing with poopy butts. <laughs> so 
um, trying to keep it on the positive side there. Um, you know, you might try altering their diet and, and uh, seeing if that helps affect the amount of manure that occurs back there. Or you could just take a pair of scissors to it and trim those feathers back and see if that doesn't help. So there you go, cool. Andy. Those are some, some problems and solutions related to both ends of the bird. Um, both? <laughs> ends of the bird. Got it. And, um, yeah, I, I remember back in the day, probably a decade ago, I remember it was uh, a, a thing. It was uh, a, a trend that was uh, going around that they would get baby chicks a day old, you know, from feed stores or, or mail order, it didn't matter, and they'd get them down in the brooder. And I know 10 years ago, I remember this vividly, um, it was a thing to give them game bird starter, 28% protein. Oh. And these yeah. are, you know, regular old road out reds, barred rocks, above orbitas. Yeah, they'll get big fast. They'll be big and strong. And, and then, of course, like you were talking about, <laughs> And of course, you'll have egg bound problems and and all these other issues with them. Um, so I remember. Yeah, yeah lots uh, of issues. Yep, yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday, and it was about a decade ago, and it was a thing going. Oh yeah, game bird, just just get them big, fast, and get them starting to lay. Oh my god. <laughs> well, uh, yep, that, that was even before all the uh, blogs and forums were out there, and then that rumor was going around. Yeah. So. Uh, that that'd be more like fifteen years ago, quite honestly. Yeah, yep, 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 uh, probably was close to that. Now that I think about it, and time flies. My boy's gonna be turning six tomorrow. We're just, oh my goodness, six going on fifteen. <laughs> I think they say. So, well, hey, great information. So there, uh, in all- my explanation, I have justified putting a sweater on your chicken to keep them from pecking out their own stitches. You didn't see that coming, <laughs> did you, Andy? Ha ha ha. No, no, no. Depending on where the stitches were, well, I would, yeah, okay, okay. A reverse (laughs) e-collar. There you go. Love it. Um, Cool beans. Hey, thanks for joining us as always. I know you'll be back here in a couple of weeks and uh, for another hot topic. And maybe I think next time you come in a couple of weeks, we may have Lisa on and Cherie on again. So we got to think about that. I got to get them. And see if we'll do another episode. That was fun, and uh, maybe they yeah. can be uh, once, once a month. They can join us. We'll have a hot topic, and maybe we can even take calls like we used to. So that'll be yeah. Cool. We should get some listeners to call and ask them some questions. That would be cool. I love it. Hey, thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, again, good friend, co-author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens. Uh, um, she also is a contributor to Chicken Whisperer Magazine and uh, Chicken Fact or Chicken uh, Poop is coming out in December. God love Bridget. So that's going to wrap up another show today. Backyard Poultry with The Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. Thanks for tuning in. I want to say a shout-out to Bob, uh, who's listening, uh, Bob uh, Roseberry. How you doing, bud? Thanks for the message. Thanks for tuning in today. Long-time listener, good friend. And um, I still think and treasure the time I met you and your lovely wife. And you took us out to breakfast. And I can't remember the name of the place. A uh, small little right on the corner. Kind of kind of hole in the wall, but not really. The egg and I or uh, eggs. It was good stuff, boy. That was a good breakfast. And uh, that was great. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And thank all of you for tuning in, all our homeschoolers that are, are, are tuning in. I haven't said this in a long time. All of our homeschoolers that tune in 
and listen to the show and incorporate the show into your curriculum. Thank you very much. Hey, all the over-the-road truck drivers, no, I haven't mentioned you in a while. I hear from you guys. Thanks for, for tuning in and listening to us uh, for your homesteads back home. When you get back home, implementing some of the stuff with your flocks uh, when, you, when, you're, when you're off the road. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, just, oh, the stores that broadcast this live uh, in their in their stores, uh, the retail stores, the feed stores, thank you very much uh, for doing that uh, as well. And uh, we'll see you back here next Thursday with Dr. Patisky, and uh, we'll see what he has up his sleeve for next week's show. God bless everybody. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.